Hi friends, I'm Alison Russell. I'm a Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, poet, and activist. All month, I'll be your guest host for Womanica as we explore the contributions of Black women in music. Today's musician is known as the queen of country blues. Her strong voice and masterful finger-picking on the guitar defied gender and genre constraints. Her influence and style of music laid the foundation for electric Chicago blues, R&B, and rock and roll. Let's talk about Memphis Minnie. Originally named Lizzie Douglas, Memphis Minnie was born on June 3, 1897 in Mississippi. In 1904, her family moved to Walls, Mississippi, a small farming town just south of Memphis. When Minnie was eight, she was gifted a guitar, and by the age of 10, she knew how to play both the guitar and the banjo. Her parents nicknamed her Kid, and she went around performing at local parties under the name Kid Douglas. But Minnie had dreams bigger than Walls, Mississippi. So when she was 13, she ran away from home and went straight to Beale Street in Memphis, Tennessee. As a young homeless teenager, Minnie performed individually and also joined jug bands and string groups that performed on the streets of Memphis. Her street performances led to her getting picked up to go on tour with the Ringling Brothers Circus. She traveled throughout the South and charmed the crowds with her music. In the 1920s and 30s, the blues scene was dominated by men. Minnie was one of the very few women who successfully broke onto the scene. Minnie was in a league of her own. What distinguished her was her stage presence, her powerful voice, and the way she played guitar. While everyone else played seated, Minnie stood. Don't put that thing on me, cause I'm going back to Tennessee. In 1929, Minnie married guitarist and mandolin player Joe McCoy. The couple rebranded as Kansas Joe and Memphis Minnie, and together recorded the hit single, Bumblebee. Another one of their songs, When the Levee Breaks, wouldn't reach mass popularity until several decades later, in 1971, when Led Zeppelin covered the song. In the 1930s, like many black musicians at the time, Minnie and Joe set their sights on Chicago. Minnie and Joe wasted no time settling into the Chicago blues scene. In his book, popular American blues singer and guitarist Big Bill Brunzi recounted how Minnie bested him in a guitar-picking contest shortly after she came to Chicago. He said, that she could pick a guitar and sing as good as any man I've ever heard. Minnie's arrival transformed the Chicago blues scene. She introduced country blues to an urban environment and added the bass and drums to her songs. By 1935, Minnie and Joe had divorced. A few years after their split, Minnie met guitarist Ernest Little Son Joe Lawlers. They became music partners and later life partners. Minnie made some of her most enduring music with Little Son Joe, including her biggest song, Me and My Chauffeur Blues, and her autobiographical, In My Girlish Days. 
Her songwriting was unique because she sang about her own dreams and desires and did so in a manner that made listeners feel as though they were their own hopes and dreams. Perhaps Minnie's greatest claim to fame is being the first known person, male or female, to play the electric guitar. On New Year's Eve in 1942, the writer Langston Hughes caught Minnie performing with her electric guitar in a Chicago club. Of the experience, he wrote, her gold teeth flash for a split second, her earrings tremble, her left hand with dark red nails moves up and down the strings of the guitar's neck, her right hand with the dice ring on it picks out the tune, throbs out the rhythm, beats out the blues. The electric guitar is very loud, science having magnified all its softness away. With the electric guitar, piano, bass, and drums, Minnie created what would later come to be known as the classic 1950s blues combination. By the late 1940s, many clubs were only hiring younger, less expensive artists. Minnie struggled to find work and was eventually dropped by Columbia Records. She continued making music in the 1950s, but retired a few years later as her health and public interest in her music declined. In the late 1950s, Minnie and little son Joe returned to Memphis. She occasionally made radio appearances, but mostly lived a quiet life. Her last known performance was at a memorial concert for Big Bill Brunsey in 1958. A few years later, Minnie suffered multiple strokes that put her in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. Memphis Minnie died on August 6, 1973, in Memphis, Tennessee. Because of her unique sound, Minnie remains an inspiration to many musicians and was among the first to be inducted into the Blues Foundation Hall of Fame in 1980. All month long, we're highlighting Black musicians. Wamanica is a Wonder Media Network production. Special thanks to co-creators Jenny and Liz Kaplan who invited me to guest host this month. Talk to you tomorrow.